Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Everybody and welcome to the zoo. I see, uh, I see some rather active shenanigans going on in the background over there, Mr. Harvey. Oh yes, well. <laughs> welcome everybody. This fierce is fierce jungle beasts are fierce yes. jungle. I, uh, you know, speaking of which, I I have taken to uh, since I've got since I've got the garden started and we've got things planted now. Uh, specifically my fourth attempt at potatoes, I have been going out at night and with the flashlight, just go out to the back and just double check and make sure that there's nothing. And last night, we had two beady little eyes in the very back in the wild area of the of, mm-hmm. of the yard. And I was like, oh, what is that? Is that a cat or is that a possum? I don't know. Have you got fences around your vegetables? Not yet. It's it's they're in boxes in the garage. I got to get them put together. So right, that 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 would be important. Yeah, yeah. Why? I mean, it's my list. My list. I'm familiar with lists. (laughs) Yes. My to-do list is five pages long, and every time I cross something off, I add three more things to it. So I don't think. Well, there's your problem. Yeah. You just have to stop adding the things. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Right. I know. Right. Uh, anybody, anyway, yeah. All right, welcome to the H2O Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jason Hunt, that is Timothy Harvey. It, I am indeed. And, uh, we're, this is kind of, kind of, sort of, a part two dovetailing off of my recommended reading list that I gave, uh, during Live from the Bunker today. Because today, 85 years ago... A little publishing company put out a book, a comic book, Action Comics Number One, introducing us to Superman. And I say Superman because that's how they said it on the Super Friends. Superman. The Big Blue Boy Scout. The Man of Steel. Not, not their first version of Superman. No. Not their first version of Superman, and and not entirely the Superman that we're all familiar with now. He has evolved, oh. same as Batman has, same as Wonder Woman has. All all of the characters have. He couldn't fly. Nope. He could leap. He was very good at leaping. And there were some things that were introduced in the radio program, specifically the Daily Planet and Perry White. I think Jimmy Olsen was introduced. Jimmy Olsen was introduced to the radio. Um, yeah, I mean, the so many of the things that we think of. Well, again, same thing with Batman. Same thing with most superheroes. Um, pretty much anybody from anybody who came around in the Golden Age, their original versions, you can recognize them in the modern incarnations. But yeah. they've 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 changed quite a bit, and not just not just changing with with culture or time or things like that it's just the different elements of you know their stories have changed because how storytelling has changed mm-hmm. yeah which is how which is how it should be because storytelling changes that's 
which is good. We don't all want to be writing in iambic pen pentameter. I mean, Shakespeare pulled off some great <laughs> language stuff, but yeah. trust me, you don't you don't want everything to be like that. That would be boring. Right. You you want things to change and 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 evolve when it comes to how we tell stories. It keeps things fresh. Well, and speaking of writing, we got this posted by James Gunn today to social media. The cover sheet title page for Superman Legacy. They are officially now in pre-production. Uh, Just in department. time to not be affected by the writer's strike. Right. And it's coming. Well, yes and no, because the 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 scripts themselves are still going to depend on, you know, whatever draft they get by the time the strike starts is all they've got. I mean, I know, well, I know gun has finished a draft. Right. Well, that's what so they're doing, the, but, but there's so much to do with pre-production that to be perfectly honest, um, he is in a really, and, and where he is in terms of, you know, being the head of this version of the DC universe. Yeah. Um, if, there's so much pre-production stuff that he can get done without a finished script that, I mean, and considering how much time is going to go into pre-production on any of these projects. Right. He's, we're, we're, we're not, I, I've seen, I've seen a few things on social media where people are like, this is just, this is going to derail Marvel and DC. It's like, well, it's going to have some impact, but bear in mind that so much of this stuff gets started so much earlier than you see it because the effects work, now, admittedly, there's been a whole lot of rushed effects work in the last few years, and that's a whole separate issue. But that stuff does take time. Well, and not only that, but we've had stories coming out of various uh, special effects houses when it comes to Marvel, especially. Oh, right, yeah. Basically sitting there saying uh, that they're, they're not given any kind of finished script. It's make this happen and and essentially the special effects houses are the ones that are making the movie at that point because they're just given bullet points this happens then this happens then this happens make it go which is like a flashback to Bob Kane and Bill Finger <laughs> right i mean it's like I mean, so, so I mean, that's it's, not it's, how you make movies guys well you but don't that, do i mean that. the thing is is that it, it's uh... As much as as I'm 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 not by any stretch of the imagination excusing the nonsense that is going on with with studios making the special effects folks work the way they do. But there, this is not how you do things if you want to not burn people out. I mean, right. this is how you can leave industries um, because it's it's and I, and look, I love a big special effects extravaganza as much as the other anybody else, but one of the enduring. If you, I'm sure if you've seen me on this show or any other stuff we do here, you know I'm a big horror fan. And horror budgets are significantly smaller. Yeah, Return on investment is significantly higher, which is why even when horror has been in a slump, it's still managed to perform pretty well. Um, and we've talked about this before. It's that this this trend right now in, in Hollywood to have everything is the big budget thing and smaller pictures you know they end up on the streaming services or something and that's and that can be great to get them in front of eyes that wouldn't necessarily see them in the theater because they're a smaller picture yeah but it used to be and and look i mean i'm not a the good old days person because the good old days weren't always good and tomorrow isn't bad as it seems 
Billy Joel song in there somewhere. Um, but the the everybody wanting to do the big budget special effects picture over taxes. There's there actually is a finite number of people who are currently working. Yeah. <laughs> In the special effects industry, there's there's only so many people who can do the work. Well, and, and and on the on the Marvel side, you have them doing you know multiple options that will just pick the best one later. And it was like, it's, it's not oh, sustainable. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. So, but so, but still, I mean, look the, and I think that one of the things that Gunn did well is that almost all the release dates on this stuff is far enough out mm -hmm. that the interruption that should the writer strike happen. And I think it will. Oh, it will. I'm, I'm mean, pretty sure it's going to. But almost 98% of the, of the writers guild voted to do it. So. Sure. I mean, well, it's... and, and quite frankly, I, and I've also seen a lot of people who don't understand what writing who are obviously not writers and who certainly have never not written for television or films and have never dealt with that structure. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, they don't need all that money. It's like, oh, God, it's, you have no idea. You don't know what they're getting paid. These are a lot of these writers have second jobs because yeah. it's not necessarily a, you know, you hear about the writers who, who who do really well. You don't hear about the writers who are just getting by. And there's well, a lot more of that. And it's and it's not just the writers guild because screen right. actors screen actors guild is getting ready to do the same thing. And the producers guild is having some discussions about some stuff. So Hollywood could completely well, shut down in the next six months. And that I'm, wouldn't necessarily I'm be a that thing. will happen. They, uh, Screen Actors Guild and Producers Guild have done much better historically. And, of course, there are exceptions. But they've done much better historically at, at coming to some sort of agreement at the 11th hour. Um, because in many ways, you know, it's... it's Again, while so much of this stuff is made well before it gets to your screens, um, you, it's, I know there are people who think it's right around the corner, but we're not at the point you can replace actors yet. Not quite yet. Well, and, and, um, well, we put it, put it on our list, Jason, of things we need to talk about it at some point, because. We need to circle back around to the great AI thing because there was a 60-minute segment where they had the head of Google on there talking about, you know, something that, that every person who programs these language learning systems mm -hmm. um, says is complete nonsense. Um the people who actually do the work and and in fairness the head of google is not a, really a tech guy he's a money guy <laughs> um but they are on there going basically that our our ai learned a language that that nobody programmed into it and and folks for those of you at home who saw this segment and were possibly scared by hearing that it's not true it's 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 literally not true so we should come back around to, once again, I mean, the joking about Skynet that we've been known to do on this show a couple of 12, 
You may have been joking. hundred times. Folks, AI is interesting, but we need, I think it needs to be very clear, the hype versus the reality. And the and 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 concern is one thing, but there are a whole lot of folks out there claiming that AI can do stuff it just can't do. As far and it's as not going to be able to do. As far as you know, and I'm I'm I am willing to bet. As far as you know, I'm willing to bet my place in the front lines of the resistance. <laughs> somewhere um, come the day somewhere um, deep in the bowels of darpa oh, oh so, yeah. some somebody okay, so Dar in, that in darpa a is a separate issue no, i'm talking about i'm talking about the stuff on the it's all it's all connected anyway super, i'm talking back about the stuff on the climate on the market back to well Superman. then we get well, to brainiac well, that that's true, but uh, the the idea. Well, the special effects. I mean, we can we can we can circle back on that. The special effects have come a long way since 1978, but the 78 stuff still holds up pretty well. Does. I mean, it, if you're looking for the if you know if you're looking for the the frayed edges of time, you can find them, sure, but. It's if you're still, if that's what you're looking for, you're missing the point of the movie. It's still really clean, though. I mean, you, well, you look that at they, it and, and but they also they okay, so they knew the limitations of the technology at the time, and they took their time. Yeah, you know, they don't they didn't have the magic eraser that is the computer. Right, it just, it just wasn't there. <laughs> they didn't have the toys, so they had to be really careful. And I mean, the technology for flying rigs and taking taking the you know removing that stuff in post existed before that i mean and, and it had been done you know it certainly had been done with with very good effect but i mean when your tagline is you will believe a man can fly that's that's a pretty tall promise to be making you gotta bring your a game to that yeah, yeah. and they did i mean that 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 one that one set a standard for superhero movies that a lot of others just did not quite match up to. Well, even its so. own series. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. you, and this is something that I, for, for all the, for anything you want to cr criticize Marvel about, um, and there are things, obviously, um, one of the things they generally haven't done, to some degree they did with the Thor series, mm -hmm. but... We saw this with Superman. We saw this with Batman. You know, when you had multiple actors playing Batman, film after right after another, um, and and the with Superman, it wasn't the selling of toys. With Batman, it was, um, but this idea that you have to introduce these outside elements to the story, to the to the to the core concept i mean i like richard pryor he's very he was very funny um very talented guy but he didn't need to be in a superman movie no no and 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 for all of his talent for all of the fact that he is you know and for all of his struggling with his addictions um he's got a much better a lot of other movies out there where he is just amazing and wonderful oh. um that's not one of his strongest films any either that's um, like that's like the idea of putting Eddie Murphy in Star Trek Four, right? I mean, it, it, on a fundamental level, like you get you get the you get the 
if you get the bean counter logic yeah on paper and not not to knock the bean counters because the bean counters are important and 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 i get you know they're hey i i i have a family who is accountants good for them but they should not be making creative decisions ever <laughs> yeah I, I i think it's rare that, that a creative decision from the finance department is a good idea yeah. um but the and of course we had superman the quest for peace which i mean it but canon golden globus oh that's right it's worse than canon actually. yeah um yeah and and wow watch the special effects go off the cliff but but the nonetheless i mean you look at the first film and even even with the changes to the second film with the with the some of the unnecessary humor that was in that one um you know uh, having this sort of strong beginning really was something that you hadn't seen for you know yeah idea of a superhero movie because you had to go back a lot further to find superhero movies. I th I think it's interesting too that you know because you mentioned Superman two and you look at the Donner cut. Originally, those two movies were supposed to go back to back, and they were shot back to back, and it was all supposed to be one thread. And and at the end of Superman one, he he when he's when he's diverting the rockets. One of them, he pushes out the first one when he change when he changes the course of the first one, he pushes it up out into space, <clears throat> and that rocket, when it explodes, is what sets the our our Kryptonian villains free for Superman two. Mm -hmm. And DC has put out a new promo for the 4K I guess I guess a new 4K edition of Superman the movie and there's a shot in that promo that's not in the movie and it's Superman it's the rocket mm -hmm. going out into space and he's turning back towards camera and this is the place where, you know, when he looks down and he sees the explosion of the second one, right? Because he didn't have enough time. Well, at first, it, I was like, wait a minute, that rocket's going into space. That's, that's a Donner shot that didn't, that's not in the movie. And I thought it was very strange to see that in a promo. I'd be curious to see what they have in the 4K edition. I, I have, you know, we, we talk about this all the time on, on Good Morning Multiverse with the various 4K editions. And, for most people, you don't need 4K. No, your TV, your TV isn't showing you 4K anyway. But um, I mean, some of these. the The nice thing is, is that if you have the kind of screen that can show it, the 4K stuff really does look pretty close to what you saw in the theater. Mm -hmm. If you saw it on the big screen, which is I, I can't, I can't discount that. Um, but it's like I don't have a 4K TV. I'm not going to buy a 4K TV anytime <laughs> right. soon. I, I still, I still have, uh, I've still got a VHS player. I mean, I, you know, I, well, I I'm mean, a long way from buying any kind of 4K anything, but hey, I got to get an look, Ultra HD uh, disc player 
in order to be able to watch some of the stuff that I've gotten here. You know, we've got review copies of the new Star Trek movies, and mm-hmm. I've got the Indiana Jones films and whatnot. And I was like, well, you know, it'd be nice to actually watch these. So I, I'm eventually going to have to get a player. So the good news is the players are relatively inexpensive. They're getting now. there, yeah. As opposed to back in the day, where it was just like. I have brought my firstborn child. They will serve you till they are 43. Can <laughs> right. I have a Blu-ray player? <laughs> right. Uh, well, and before that, you know, VHS VHS decks were, what, four $450? I mean, we at had, the very it cost, beginning. When I was in college in 1988, first when I went freshman year, um, we go down to the mom-and-pop store or... It was Blockbuster, um, and you would rent your your VHS player, just the player, not a recorder, right. VHS player, um, and it was in its nuclear-proof briefcase. I remember those. Yep. Um, because they were very, very afraid that you were going to drop it, and I'm sure they were dropped. Um, but these things are like, I mean, if you could hide inside one, you would be safe from everything. <laughs> You wouldn't fit, but, um, and they weighed about 20 pounds. Um, most of it, mostly it was that case, although they were bigger in those days and it cost you like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. You had to to put it on a deposit and it was, I mean, and that's in 1988 money, which I got news. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was a lot of money. Yeah. I'm going to say hi real quick to Matoine in the in the chat over on Twitch. Good to see you there. Um, just just as a warning for everybody who is watching, uh, I have right now uh, the software that we're using to broadcast, OBS, has decided to have an aneurysm because I was checking a setting on my camera and it is now everything is whited out. And I have the spinning circle of death. So at some point, it will all go dark. If the stream dies, that's why. I don't think it will. I think as long as long as I got the spinning circle of death, we're okay. Uh, because I, I'm watching. I'm. I mean, the the streams have not been interrupted. Everything's going okay. fine. So yeah, it's not one thing. It's another though. You're like, am I trying to close Photoshop today and have it go in the spitting pinwheel of doom? And I'm like, but there's there's unsaved projects here, guys. I I can't you can't do this to me. Right. Uh, I see Bianca dropping in the chat on Odyssey. I you know what? Odyssey, we have a we have a a milestone that we've achieved on Odyssey today. This this very show, as a matter of fact, somebody has given us a down vote on our video. It looks like. Which, very, which videos? Very, the one we're doing right now. Well, we're not talking about Superman enough. We're not talking about Superman. All right, let's talk about Superman. What do we like <laughs> about Superman? So there's a, there's a bit of a joke that kind of goes with the big blue Boy Scout. You know, mm. the, the the Boy Scout image, right? And and having been a Boy Scout, and where Boy Scouts is right now. Um, but, I mean, there's... The, the idea of, of that comment was the, the ideals of what being a Boy Scout was, right? Yeah. It's, you know, kindness, honesty, um, 
willingness to help. Right. Um, the idea was is that that it's the look. He's got Superman has all this power. Superman could be a god, and this is what you know. This this is why you have those comics where Superman's gone bad because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the flip side, right? Right. Because the thing that makes Superman, it's not the superpowers. Superpowers are, you know, what makes him Superman. But the fact that he's a good person and he's a kind person. Right. And for all this power and all the fact that he could uh, rule over humanity if he wanted to, um, that's not what he wants. He wants he wants to help. That's why Le- that's why Lex Luthor can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, because he can't understand him. He can't understand. because yeah, he, he, he got all this power. And, and the thing is, is that on some level, it is very easy to understand Lex Luthor's problem because Lex Luthor has met humanity, and we're often awful. We are often unkind, and we are often cruel, and we are often um, not our best. And even and and that's what Superman is supposed to be. It's not the it's not the flying. It's not the X ray vision. It's not the invulnerability. It's the best of us in being yeah. kind. Well, and even if you get into the Elseworld stories, like Red Sun. Mm-hmm. And you've got Speeding Bullets, which is, you know, basically Kal-El as Batman because, you know, you know, he was in this particular one. He was adopted by the Waynes and not the Kents. Right. <coughs> and the, and both stories play out. I'm going to help people. And a lot of it has to do with Lois, but it's ultimately at his core Whatever story you tell, Superman is still this good-hearted, kind, considerate, ready-to-help person. And that's one of the things that uh, strikes me when they were talking about this new Superman Legacy movie. When we got the official synopsis and Peter Safran was talking about it and James Gunn was talking about it, one one of the things that kept getting mentioned was the fact that we're going to see more of this question of <laughs> Superman as kindness personified with old-fashioned values and how he fits into the world. And that tells me, because they brought back truth, justice, and the American way, which a lot of people are upset when they when they did away with that, and they brought that back and... and there are hints and teases that this new cinematic Superman is going to be more like the Superman that everybody expects to see when you say the name Superman. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the good guy. He's and when yeah, you say the big blue boy scout, but there's a there's an inherent goodness to Superman. Right. That we never saw in the Snyder stuff. So and uh, We've talked about this some in the past, obviously, but I don't have an inherent issue of looking at a character 
a, a character that's been around for a long time in a new way, right? Sure. And on one, and when when we both first saw Man of Steel, we both had. I was more receptive to what he, what I think Snyder was doing with that film than you were. Um, and even then, I had problems with it. But I'm like, okay, I can see what he's trying to do here, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Batman v Superman. I'm like, never mind. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever arc you were trying, you might have been trying. I was, I was thinking you were going to try and do with yeah. Man of Steel, and then you just completely never. You, yeah, whatever. Um, but so I don't, I don't have an inherent issue with showing Superman at the early stages of his career as a hero career. He's not doing it. He's not getting paid. He's doing it for you because it's right. Um, but the, the uncertainty, there's the, um, then when, when John Byrne, after Christ, after Christ on Earth, did Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, there's there's a moment where he's overwhelmed by the fact that everybody wanted a piece of him, right? For the first time, and he, it scared him. And and I don't have a problem with uncertainty in a character because um, I don't. I don't. Characters... I, I'm I'm going to oh. take issue with that. I don't think he got. I don't think it scared him. I I think you're right that that it overwhelmed him. Oh, I think it. I think it scared him because he wasn't. I think it scared him. I, I, that, that was my read, and and you read it maybe read it a different way. That's fine, um, but I think it's because he wasn't expecting almost that hero worship aspect, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's not why he's doing it. Because in Burns' story, up until the point where he saves the plane, and he saves Lois Lane and everything, now now every people see his face for the first time. Up mm -hmm. until that point, he's been doing things anonymously, mm -hmm. you know, guardian angel type stuff. People could see, you know, some, you know, it's a miracle. And, and, and Martha Kent is saving all these newspaper clippings of these miraculous mm -hmm. rescues and whatnot. And right. then they finally see this person who does this thing. And you're right. It, he, he goes back home. And he's at, that's what he says. He's everybody wanted a piece of me. It's like, what do I do with this? And right. you're right. He was very overwhelmed. And that's, I think that's the introduction of Superman as the disguise. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, that, um, I never got the sense with what Snyder was doing that he understands that Clark Kent is the real person mm -hmm. and Superman is the costume. Right. And that was not always the case. In fair, in fairness, there has you know, at various points in in for a good chunk of the the golden age, um, and part of the silver age, really. Um, Superman, you know, Clark Kent was sort of, he was he was there to frustrate Lois Lane, um, and but at po really post crisis, we really leaned into the the fact that it is much richer to have the intentionally human perspective that being Clark Kent gives him. And it keeps him from becoming no. the character we get in so many elsewhere world's titles where, well, you know, it, or the character, the version in Injustice or the version in, in, in Snyder's take on the character. Well, and it makes a, a certain amount of sense story-wise too, because when you stop and consider uh, the idea, this whole thing about nature or nurture, right? Mm -hmm. And and Clark 
from his infancy was raised by Jonathan and Martha Kent, who have a certain set of values, a certain set of principles, a certain set of beliefs. They're in the Midwest. You know, it's that whole flyover country that gets disdained so much. And he was never raised as a Kryptonian. And we've talked about this. Out of the Trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is the alien. Batman has Bruce Wayne as the disguise. He's really Batman. I mean, you have that, that, that scene where they meet each other for the first time and they all grab the lasso and introduce themselves and he introduces himself as Batman. I'm Batman. Bruce Wayne is the disguise. For Clark, it's the opposite. Superman is the disguise. And, and he's the adopted son. He's raised as a human. He's raised as one of us. He belongs to us because he's, he's you know, he's a, a, an adopted immigrant, basically. Well, and there's some interesting things that happen when you look at the original version of the character because originally he was not adopted uh, right. by the he Kents was a, he was until a foster later. Yeah. He, was, he was in, well, he wasn't, he was in <laughs> or- orphanage. orphanage. Yeah. And, in, and orphanages in the 1930s, guys... Be happy they don't exist anymore, um, or at least they're not supposed to, because they were not happy places. Well, and it's not like the modern day foster system is much what, better. But well, they, that is its own set of issues. But orphanages, where yeah, there's if you want to if you want to depress yourself, look into the history of orphanages. Um. Anyway, um, and and you can see it in his character. In the early in the early Superman comics, there is an anger to the character at 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 injustice and and what is wrong in the world that you don't get in the modern. I mean, yes, if you ever see Superman angry, it's because a terrible thing has been done. Yeah, but there it was. That was yeah, and it was all. This was also the era of you know the pulp the pulp action hero um, mm-hmm. yeah. for, for, you know, so I mean, so that he fit in that, but as the character evolved as the, you know, as being a, you know, a, a, a small child or a baby um, and being raised by the Kents and guys, I grew up in flyover country. I I'm, I am a Kansas. I grew up in, you know, I bore, I was born on the East coast, but my family is from Iowa. Um, I grew up in Kansas um, and I live in Missouri. I mean, there's times I'm like, there are up, there are other parts of the country. I've been <laughs> to them. I've been to them before. I've seen them. I know they're real. Um, but this is this is apparently where my my footprint is, at least for this part of my life. But, um, and how what I don't I don't care what your politics are when it comes to this sort of thing. Um. There is there's good and bad in small town America. Mm. Trust me. Yes. Um, I mean, I grew up in the largest the largest city in Kansas, Wichita, which is not uh, that big. Well, it's I think it's at four hundred thousand at yeah. this point, but it was at twenty five two two hundred and fifty thousand when I was growing up. Um, and it's got a university and et cetera. I mean, it's, 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 it's a decent place to grow up. It's not a great place, but it's a decent place. Mm-hmm. Uh, my folks still live there. My sister still lives there. It's, it's an okay place to live. Um, 
and but you got you got a certain amount of of I'm not gonna say innocence because that's not right. Depending on where you lived, because um, we kind of lived in the suburbs, and they weren't even really suburbs. It was like a housing development over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yes, you locked your doors in the '70s if you were, you know, because you have stuff, and you know. Um, but there, there was a certain amount of of you know small town America to it that had some attractiveness and you went and would be out running around the neighborhood playing with your friends late at night. There was a certain innocence to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have that idea. And even if you didn't grow up in that kind of town, if you didn't grow up in the Midwest, um, lived on the East coast or the West coast, you saw Frank Capper movies. You know, you, you knew what it, what you knew, what the shorthand was. If he grew up, if he grew up on a farm in the middle of the, 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 place where they grow the food everybody knew what that shorthand was yeah. and the ideas of you know uh of you know the morals of it's a wonderful life you get the shorthand for the character you didn't have to have you know a three hour you didn't have to have a two and a half hour movie about why you should care about Superman. <laughs> it, it, and again, like I said, I don't have a problem with trying to look at a character in a new way. Frankly, um, the Batman is a decent example of looking at Bruce Wayne's character in a different way than the previous versions. Right, right. And, and you know, it's got its own set of, of good things and bad things. But so I don't have a problem with that. Um but for all that Snyder has a lot of skill in visuals, he doesn't seem to understand the heart of the character and the the fact that in inha- and there's glimpses of it. It's really annoying because there's glimpses of it in that he's you know, I it stands for hope. Okay, that's great. Why are we this far in the movie before the word hope really you know? Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a, Punch point, right? Not a, not a punchline, but yeah. I mean the point where it's and, supposed to hit you. I'm hoping that James Gunn has a better handle on it when it comes to that kind of thing. Because if you go back and you look at interviews that Christopher Reeve did about the character, there's one in particular, and I and I can't remember. I I haven't been able to find the copy of the clip. Um, hmm. I did. I did find a link somebody had posted on on Twitter, but that particular person apparently has blocked us because we follow the wrong person or whatever. But I haven't found another copy of it. But it's basically he's sitting there explaining at the core of Superman who he is. He's the friend. <clears throat> he's he's the 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 one that you can count on to be there for whatever is in you know the the person that you trust and and. You know, he'll help you walk across the street and he'll get the cat out of the tree and, and that sort of thing. But at at his core, he's the friend. And he even says it in the movie. You know, cause, you know she, he saves Lois and he grabs the helicopter and he puts him down on the roof. She says, who are you? And he says, a friend. And, and that's the distillation of Superman. 
Mm-hmm. All the way to ev- everything that he's ever stood for, everything he ever believes in, is right there in two words. And right. if you have a filmmaker or a comic book writer or a novelist who understands that aspect of Superman, you can probably get a decent story with that character. But ultimately, you have you have people that have been telling these stories that haven't understood that. Yeah, I think that you're too, you're, you're seeing you're, if if you're looking at the current crop of, of Superman comics, they're building into the leading into the idea of the Superman family, right? Yeah. So they're well, they're bringing together these bringing together these characters, and one of the things that if you if you're not if you haven't been following the comics, um, Superman's identity was revealed to the world, but recently it was all his secret identity was restored. There was a, there was a thing what happened in comic books and, and did did they do a one fine day? They, well, (laughs) except the only thing that really happened, it was supposed to be, it was almost like it was a punishment, but it wasn't really. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's got his secret identity back and he's kind of like, I mean, we already gotten used to my secret identity being known. So it really hasn't changed anything. I could just go back to, being Clark Kent to more. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, but you've got, I mean, it's really incorporating, you know, bringing together, you know, power girl and Supergirl and, and Connor Kent, um, right. both versions of Superboy, Right. And then um, um, there's, so they're, they're, they're doing that, but I'm, which I'm, I'm enjoying so far anyway. Um, but now when you're saying both versions of Superboy, are you talking about the, Connell, Connell, and oh. Connor Kent okay. are both back. Okay, uh, Connor, the 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 nineteen nineteen nineties, early two thousands versions of Superboy. This is not the Young Justice Superboy, right? For the, those no, of you who are well, Connor is kind of the Young Justice Superboy. So kind you've of. got this is the this is the leather jacket. Yeah, you're you're um, talking about the the clone the Cadmus the clone. clone. This is yeah, this is the Cadmus clone. He's yeah. back as well, but he's actually from an he's from another he's from an alternate universe. Um, where he but it's so he knows all these heroes. They're just not them. It's not the ones that he knows, right? Yeah. So, but they're so close. It's really frustrating for him because he feels very unneeded. He just feels like I, they don't they don't need me. So he goes off. He goes decides he's going to go off and explore the universe and yeah. be a hero. I'm like, all right, cool. Anyway, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about James Gunn and the heart component, mostly because if you look at his films, um, the Guardians films are fun sci-fi romps, mm-hmm. but at the core of the of both those both. The first two films, and really based on the marketing, very much the the third film, is a core message about family. Yeah, the family you choose versus the family you're born with, and what that means. Now, um, that doesn't necessarily extend to things like Slither, <laughs> but um, but at the same time, even even Slither, there are moments where. It's about what you're, and it's a very silly, fun movie, and I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it, and have and can tolerate alien grossness stuff. It's often very funny. It's Nathan Fillon, come on. Um, 
but even then there's uh it's about you know the the strengths of the bonds between characters are about the friendship and love that they have for each other right um he's he's pretty good at writing those stories and as someone as an, i've heard him talk about this enough at this point he's done enough interviews and enough and enough you know trying to explain what he wants to do that if he does what he says he wants to do and casts it right and i kind of want an unknown yeah I you know cuz cuz right right now if you were to ask me you know of of sure there's there's actors who i can look at them and go yeah i could see that but i kind of want to have a I am never going to get the eight-year-old experience of watching the first film again. I'm never, I, I can't, I'm 52. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be 53 here in a little bit. Um, I, I'm never going to experience that. And that's, and that's as it should be. But part of me kind of wants to have that feeling that I got when, you know, for all of its problems, the first time you see Superman and Superman Returns, the the aha discovery, that aha discovery. Even you know, um, uh, Henry Cavill, same thing with Man of Steel. That first moment where you see them be that character, you're like, okay, it's never going to touch the first the first time, right? Right. Um, but it's it's got that thing, and and it works so much better if it's an actor you're not familiar with, because then it feels like a discovery and I, I, I don't know I, I don't know how to, i don't know what better way to just explain. no i i totally get it i i i'm right there with you and and yeah you're right there is it, it's like the first time you see star wars it's mm -hmm. the first time you see jaws the first time you see close encounters it, you know those moments stay with you but you you can never recapture them Right. I, mean, there's, there's uh, I think no... probably the modern day equivalent might be the first. Well, see, and that's another thing. It, it It's tied to age a little bit, too. But if you have, oh, you know, the first time you saw Chris Evans in costume as Captain America, you know, not not just not on stage. It's but I mean, seeing on stage is like, well, that's the first Captain America costume and the shield and right. everything. And then when he gets out in the field, and you're like, uh, you know, this really feels like, you know, a lived in Captain America movie. Well, and, the, it, and the weird thing is, is uh, not necessarily weird, but that's an example of my familiarity with Chris Evans did not make me think he was going to be a great Captain America. Right. And 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 again, this is this yeah. is one of those things where it's completely unfair to the actor, and I should have known better. And on one level, I knew that I did know better because I remember, if nothing else, Michael Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, thank God the internet did not exist because ugh, <laughs> it would it would have been it would have been so ugly. Um, kids. You have no idea how bad it was that everybody seemed to know that people were upset that Mr. Mom was going to be Batman. Oh, because it was. Uh, we didn't uh, have the internet. 
We did not have. I remember some of those conversations because, you know. And it was it was loud enough and on scale enough that the letter writing. Yeah. Was was. That Dear, was your scream, Dear yeah, sir, screaming. Dear I am sending you a sternly worded letter. Complaining for the yeah. White oh, register, but yes. yeah. Um, the but so I'm mean, one level. I, I knew that, but at the same time, my experience with Chris Evans was kind of like yeah. All right. I I saw when when there was when when the announcement came that Michael Keaton was going to play Batman, and there was this hue and cry about you know Mr. Mom playing Batman. There was a movie that came out called Clean and Sober. Right. Yep. Which mm-hmm. was essentially Michael Keaton's first big dramatic role. He's so good and in that movie. He is. He is very good in that movie. And I saw you... this movie and I thought, okay, I can see him as Batman. Yeah, there's that... there's a great moment and Yeah, it's not it's not it's not really a spoiler. I think it might actually be in the trailer. Um, if you haven't seen it, folks, I encourage you to check it out. It's 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 a, it's a, it's a good uh, movie. Yeah, it's a very good. But it, movie. it's all it's about struggling with with uh, drinking. And there's a moment where he sits there and goes, "And I got this chip." And it is such a simple line, mm. and the look on his face, and the moment that that the, where this has built to and where it goes, it's a great moment in the film. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. yes, that's a, that's an example of of oh, I see now. It yeah. was kind of like that with Robert Downey Jr. too, um, although at that point it was like, what, somebody hired him, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, for this D-list character named Iron Man, right? Well, they still had they still had uh, God. What was uh, this whole whole big thing about the insurance? Because it's like I don't think yeah. we want to insure this guy. Yeah. But anyway, that newness, that freshness, that 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 exposure for the first time of this person who, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying there isn't somebody out there who were like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah, this actor, right. Okay. And then you see them, you're like, again, the th- big revelation, right? The thing is though, the other part of that is 1978, we got Christopher Reeve as Superman. And before that, it was, 20 years 30 years before you know since since george no well george reeves on television Mm -hmm. and before that kirk allen even even earlier than that but there was there was this gap yeah 30s 40s but there was this gap there was this huge gap of time between the tv show Mm -hmm. and the 1978 movie well okay but also remember that in the and now what you talk about that 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 moment of discovery of seeing the new superman on screen i don't think we're going to get that much impact anymore because we keep cranking these things out every two or three or four years we get a new superman the 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 surprise that aha well, is is may, yeah, not I mean, as I'm... not is it's not going to be as impactful i don't think is it if probably, we waited another 15, 20 years and then we got a new Superman, it's like, oh, look, here it is. Oh, probably. And and I, I think that you're very, quite likely right there, um, that I won't have that kind of, you know, I won't, I won't get to have the thing that I want. Yeah. Um, 
but this is also the moment where you know look it's like james bond there's there's no surprise anywhere it's like oh well okay this is the next james bond and you decide whether or not he's going to be an okay james bond after his first movie right yeah, yeah i and, can see him as james and, bond or doctor who right i mean yeah it's 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 the Doctor is the Doctor. James Bond is James Bond. Sherlock Holmes is Sherlock Holmes. It kind of doesn't matter who's playing them, except when it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's. Um, I mean, if you're a, if you're a fan of the Holmes, the various actors who have played Sherlock Holmes, uh, Jeremy Brett, uh, who was the uh, TV Holmes mm-hmm. for a bazillion episodes in the '80s and '90s, um, is like for many people, the iconic character. And there's whole movie audiences who have no idea who he is. Yeah, because I mean, you just... have a whole set of people that are, you know, Basil Rathbone. Is, right, exactly. Is and except that, you know, even though those are, those are some of the most uncanonical, <laughs> they're great <laughs> movies. But Sherlock Holmes and World War II movies, yeah, that guy's known. <laughs> But uh, speaking of World War II, let me let me bring up because this yeah. is one that I mentioned today on on the show, and I I want to recommend this book for mm-hmm. anyone uh, for anyone who it, it's not a comic book, it's a prose fiction novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do these things for the superheroes. Uh, this one's called Enemies and Allies. It is by Kevin J. Anderson, and this tells the story. Of the first meeting between Superman and Batman in the 50s during mm. the Cold War, right after Sputnik. Mm. And if you haven't read this, the, it, it, it brings in some historical stuff. But Batman is suspicious of Superman because Sputnik. And he's sure. thinking that Superman might be some kind of a Russian science experiment type of thing so there's this there's this added layer of the cold war in the middle of all of this with shenanigans from lex Luthor and that kind of thing it's really tried to do in batman v superman and just didn't know how to write human interactions yeah but (laughs) this one this one actually does it really well well and then i'm gonna i recommend this one as as often as i can but yeah if you're into superman novels this one, not uh, not it's Superman, which was the kind of the John Steinbeck type of Superman story, and I just I read it, I didn't like it. Oh, yeah, and and one of the interesting things about Superman, I think, is that we go through these periods of time where it's like well, Superman isn't relevant anymore, or Superman, you know, he's you get the he's too powerful. Mm. Or he's not relevant, or it's like, okay, well, no, he's not too powerful. There are a lot of other comic book characters who are more powerful than Superman. No. He's sort of the he's sort of the er, that's you are, er example, right? He's he's what people think of when they think of him as a superhero. And there's something to be said for familiarity. What is it? Familiarity breeds contempt. Um which of course is not fair, um, because I think that people, the a lot of people who say he's not relevant, are people who aren't reading the comics. They're not reading the stories that are, or, or they're. It's like they've. Okay, this is this is one of those sweeping statements I really hate to make, 
And I'm going to make it anyway, so my apologies to everyone. Um, they've, they're at that point, or a point, where the idea of someone being kind for kindness sake mm -hmm. seems too innocent to them. I, and and again, that's a sweeping statement, I, and and it's not fair to I'll, probably a significant chunk of humanity. But I'll do you just, one. I'll do you one better, and I'll and I'll I'll offer up my own sweeping broad brush statement here that will probably likely not go over well. <clears throat> we are in a time period where media and politics have gotten us to a point in the culture. And we, you know, there's the whole flyover country and the dismissal of the people in flyover country and, and that. And, you know, there's all of that discussion to be had. But the idea of the family values, the conservative Midwest archetype type of, of you know, stereotype of what kind of things get taught here. The leave it to beaver types and, you know, the 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 Jonathan and Martha Kent uh, attitudes are looked down on by so many uh, elitists in Hollywood and Washington. They don't even understand that kind of mentality. So this this notion of Superman not being relevant has has a great deal to do, I think, with how he was raised. And how oh, the I disagree with that entirely. I but that's know you surprising. do because you well, always do. I, well, hold on, hold on. I grew up in this part of the country. Yes, this was yes. my place from four years old. I was in Kansas. Yeah, uh, until I moved here in two thousand and five. All right, um, Kansas. My uh, Kansas is not a suit. Was not, and in some, depending on where you are, Western Kansas very conservative. Eastern Kansas. Not really. Well, and again, um, I'm saying broad brush hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Midwest. Hold on. I mean, this whole well, this the, whole the, area. But Midwest Midwest values are not inherently conservative. They're not inherently. This is East Coast values aren't inherently liberal, and the the that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem is that we've got this idea. I mean, yes, flyover country, no question. But why it's flyover country? Well, it's because a lot of it is farmland, right? But I mean, so and 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 this is good. We want it to be farmland because corn and and wheat; these are good things to have. Uh -huh. um, you know, Milo fields of the stuff. But um, anyway, the uh, we went through this period. This really came out. What it, it happened before too, but it really blew up in the nineties. During this whole period of comic books being edgy and dark, and we have to—it's oh and, yes, okay—it's Watchmen's fault. I love—I—I I, I own it. It's over there. <laughs> I own the movie and the and the books, but that this the, and comic books as a whole did it. DC did it. Marvel did it, especially mm. to their detriment. Um, although the X Men exploded during that time and were incredibly popular too. So, give take right. Um, but the idea that anti-heroes became a thing in comics in a huge way 
you know, you got your cables and your Deadpools and your, you know, uh, um, Batman's back was broken and we got, you know, uh, Azrael is, you know, John Paul Valley is Batman, right? So right. The, dark, the darker version of this. And Superman doesn't fit that. And there was this whole big thing. It's like, especially then, and and I think going to now, you get it. You get it in in what Snyder was trying to do is this. You're too good to be true. It's too good to be true because he people are. We're we're darker than that. We're you know we're humanity isn't as good as we could be. And I can't argue with that, but that's kind of the point is that the outsider who was raised by perfectly ordinary humans is supposed to be. And again, every now and again, Snyder would dance up to the edge of it because when you had the hologram of Jor-El saying, they will follow you into the light. Mm. The idea there is that he would be a beacon yes of hope a beacon of hope and a so light unto the world hmm? a light unto the world well yeah i mean when especially when you look at when you look at the religious origins i mean you're looking at two two jewish writers writer and artist who whose parents escaped um from persecution in in europe and then basically built a character around Moses mm-hmm. and yep. of course, who led his people out of, out of, you know, uh, Egypt, the, the idea that this character would be a beacon of hope, the idea that this character would be someone who is, um, a source of, of optimism in adversity. Yeah. That's what makes <laughs> and and all of that having been said, I agree with all of that. And yet, the people that are influencing, impacting the culture, are of a mindset that those values that Superman represents are anathema to them. I disagree with that entirely, but that's okay. Of course, you do. Well, no, not of course I do. I have my own set of reasons for that, and and saying of course I do diminishes them. So well, let's there's not do a, that. There's a there's a there's a point though that there there's a point where it comes to the this notion of and I don't want to say blue and red, but if you look at the 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 places and the ideologies of the people who are in the creative space in the entertainment space. Uh, they do lean a certain direction ideologically, and I do think that has an impact on how they view this kind of stuff because we there see is it no discussed. ideological monolith in the entertainment industry. I'm not saying there's a monolith. I'm saying there's a lean. A lot of these people lean a certain direction. You know it, and I know it. And to, de- to deny it is intellectually dishonest. We but, know that but they do. Defining what that means, because there's a whole lot of assumptions of what that means. Left of center. Okay, that's be me. More, and more left of center than you. I mean, there are. How are you? How are you? How are you assuming that? Well, just from the various different interviews that come out and the various different you know, behaviors that we've seen from people that are, are doing. There are their plenty of people from all walks of life who do un, 
untoward behavior things, and it doesn't matter what their politics are. Right, but we're talking about one of the reasons why Superman has been rejected as the type of character that he is. And I, I think that's, that that's not coming. That's not coming out of the the. But see, the thing is, is that we're very much seeing the success of Superman as a TV show. We're seeing an entire, and for despite the fact I don't like the fact that there, no, uh, well, it's not that I don't like it. I just think it's, I don't, I don't understand. I've, I've been, I've been, I guess, because I'm in my fifties and I've seen actors come and go in all kinds of parts. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like, okay, yes, Henry Cavill, fine, but why are you making such a fuss over? Okay, whatever. Um, and, and and in fairness to the folks who are fans of that, I, I appreciate that you're fans of it. I just don't. I have. I'm having a hard. I still have a hard time. The understanding. Snyder crowd. The Snyder crowd is a whole different animal. I don't understand well, it, it that is, either. But at the same, I mean, there's this. Um, we are you know, the success of the character and the, their view of, of. I also don't understand how they can look at what Snyder's version of the character is and describe that character in the way i've just seen them describe it because i'm like i didn't see that on the screen yeah anyway anyway my point I, is i'm with you there I... my point is is that this the character is successful the character the 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 issue is that every now and again we have someone come along and say why why should i care about this character and the answer I really do think is that they don't, it's very easy to be cynical. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to be uh, negative about the state of the world, your life, whatever. And the idea of someone who just wants to be out there and doing good can seem terribly terribly naive because the fact is we don't see that very often in the quote unquote real world um that stands out when you see someone who is genuinely being nice and genuinely being generous and we get suspicious when we see that yeah what are you up to what do you want to get what are you hiding what are you hiding what what's what's the catch yeah and the thing is, is that Superman reminds us that there isn't one. It doesn't. I mean, there doesn't have to be one. That there could be, and it, and whether you believe that human beings are capable, Earthborn human beings are capable of of being that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea that that you have something to aspire to. No, I you you're never okay. We're never getting our jetpacks, thank God. <laughs> so well, we're not gonna we're not gonna fly, and you don't want X-ray vision, folks. No, no. And uh, you know, invulnerable skin has has its own set of issues. But the idea that you can help somebody, we had a shooting here in Kansas City. I know we've got way too many of those in in the world anyway. But there was a guy. Um, uh, works in a union shop here. I think he's a, he's a metal worker or something. I'm not sure what, I can't remember what his job was. They did an interview with him in one of the local stations here. And he went out and this kid had, this kid had been shot and he went to two houses ahead of time and they wouldn't let him in. 
and this guy heard this noise outside. He went outside and found this kid. Mm. And he stayed with him and held his hand until the paramedics got there. And he's like, all I really did was hold his hand. I'm not a hero. No. And people are like, what a nice, kind thing to do. And yeah, it was a simple thing. But that's, you know, Superman gets the cat out of the tree. And he walks the little old lady across the street if she wants him to. Yep. And he holds the door open if you've got a, your hands are full. And, and I you know, he, really hope that James Gunn understands this. I think I think he does. I just, I mean, he's looking at, you know, um, the, the comics he's been talking about is influencing this. Mm-hmm. Would really lean to that direction. So... I'm because honestly, I like hopeful stories. Like I like I like Grimdark every now and again. I'm a horror fan. I, I admit it, but I like hopeful stories. I yeah, like a hopeful Superman. We don't get enough of them. I want I want more. Um, you know, yeah, yes, you want conflict. That's you've got a great rogues gallery. Oh, I mean. How long I've been waiting for a Brainiac? Yeah, big motion picture debut. Come on, um, but you can do small stuff too. You've got I, Toy Man. You've I'd got be fine Parasite. With any villain other than Lex Luthor at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I Lex Luthor can be a very interesting villain, and I mean, he could be in the movie. Movies. Yeah, but you he know, isn't billionaire philanthropist. Whatever, set him up for the villain later, but he doesn't have to be the villain every single movie. Well, it's like, you know, I've seen Gene Hackman do him. I've seen Kevin Spacey do him. Yeah. I've seen Clancy Brown. I've listened to Clancy Brown voice him. I mean, I'm good on Lex Luthor. I'm, 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 I don't, you know, I'm not saying I don't need more. Right. I'm saying it's like the Batman and the Joker. Can we, I don't need a Joker in a Batman movie just yet. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Well, and and it's like, uh, you know, DC Comics, well, you talk about, you know, Snyder having a plan. And we've made the joke on a number of occasions, you know, DC Comics now with more Batman, because everything, everything, Batman sells. So let's put Batman in everything. We've got a Power Girls title. Let's put Batman in it. We've got a, 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 a Plastic Man title. Add Batman to it. You know, just whatever. And okay, but the Plastic Man title and Batman stuff it those actually are would work. Funny, that yeah. actually worked. Um, but but this idea of adding Batman because Man of Steel, Man of Steel didn't do as well as expected box office wise. I mean, it still did a bajillion dollars, but the studio was expecting a bajillion point two, and it didn't right, do yeah. whatever. And so now there's this pivot, this panic pivot. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And according to the lore, Batman was a last was this change. We didn't get Man of Steel two because we got Dark Knight Returns because we had to bring Batman into it and do this this whole Batman versus Superman thing. And a lot of us out here in the fandom, we're sitting there going, "You haven't earned that story yet." Well, not only that, that was just the whole thing. It's first movie pivot reaction to second movie pivot yeah i mean it's the same thing that happened with the star wars sequels it's 
first movie is too much like the original trilogy. Second movie is a reaction to people saying it's too much like for for anyone feeling about however people about feel about Ryan Johnson, I had this theory that if they had started with the first film, the first sequel being a big tonally different, big difference from the original, and just sat there and went, whole new way of looking at stuff. Sure. It might it but the thing is that that's not what people wanted. Well, I, I'll 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 go you one further. <laughs> if they had gone into the first movie with a plan for three movies, well, that too, that would just, have well, helped. And, well, that's just it. I mean, people for all this for all this big thing that you know, Snyder had this big arcing plan. I'm like, but did he? I mean, he might have had an idea. Yeah, but he, he I I th- I think he had a trajectory that he wanted to to pursue, and. Batman was the monkey wrench that the studio threw in because they panicked. And they said, well, it didn't make as much money. You're not giving us a Superman movie. It, it didn't, it didn't, it, uh, uh, Batman. Maybe. Add Batman. Well, except you get to his version of, God, I, we, we kind of, we clearly find this a fascinating topic because we talk about it <laughs> way too much. But I look again, reminder folks, um there if you are a fan of of the Zack Snyder movies that's fine you get to be fans of the stuff you're fans of i get to be fans and etc cetera, etc cetera, right yeah but it just snyder wants these characters to be godlike he wants the big, yeah, and and that and that's fine. I, I, I get, I understand it. They're the pantheon, right? I mean, it's in, it's in the idea. It's the big three, right? It's right. you know, there. It, it makes sense. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. But the the amazing thing about the characters, what really makes characters like Superman really matter, and and still matter. A over 80 years. You know, the same thing that makes a goddess uh and and a and a, a multi-billionaire. Uh folks, being being you know angry at the rich is not new. Okay, it's been around for a long time. It's the days of 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 well humanity. Um as long as we've been people. The haves and have-nots. The fact that you have a, a character, it's the humanity of these characters. It's the fact that Batman is a broken child. It's the fact that Wonder Woman um, is so, like you said, she's the alien, but she wants to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Superman literally is um, from another planet. But he just wants to help. It's the goodness of these characters. And in a time when we are so good at attacking each other, so good at being, I mean, you're watching this on the internet. <laughs> you've been here before. You've, yes. you've seen the neighborhood. The fact is, is that these are characters, Superman especially, and why he's successful, is that for all the fact there's the thrilling story and the fighting the bad guys, um, 
he's kind. Yeah. And um, the biggest, some of the most important Superman stories over the history of the character, especially in the modern era, have been about him just being kind. And I think that says a lot about what appeals to us in a large sense for the audience, a very large audience, is that kindness. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about various different stories, and, 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 I, and I circle back to Kingdom Come. You know what I would like to see? Mm. I want the Superman Legacy poster to be done by Alex Ross. Oh, that'd be great. I may throw that out on the internet and see what James Gunn says about that. It's, it's, that would be, that would be, you know, I mean, you talk about legacy. Oh yeah. Or be, yeah. It, it, at least, at least, even if it's not the official poster, give us a variant, you yeah. know, cause there's, cause, cause that's a thing right now. I mean, I mean, how many, there were, there were nine different scream posters. There's been like seven different evil dead rise posters. Yeah. You can do that with superhero <laughs> films. I'm promising you if there be, if you have a bunch of really cool Superman posters. Well, and you have, you have uh, how many shows? I mean, like the Mandalorian, the book of Boba, they're all doing character posters, right? Right. Yeah. Everybody sheet, gets their yeah. own sheet, sheet. So I, yeah, give me, give me, give me Superman legacy art by Alex Ross. I think I think I would be really surprised if James Gunn had already thought of that. I would hope. And you know what, folks? If you if you want if you want to if you prefer your superheroes dark, then maybe you want to petition James Gunn to do a do that as a series, like like not not as not as big, you know, because you could actually do that as a TV series. Yeah, eight episodes, Kingdom Come. Because it's an Elseworlds, really, you know, and you can, and, and he's open to Elseworlds, so. Yeah, and uh, what, a, th a third of what we're getting is going to be considered Elseworlds or some sort. Which is great, uh, honestly. I mean, uh, look, I read comics that are from different comic companies. I don't require everything to fit together a neat little thing. I mean, Marvel did some cool stuff with that, but. It's got some challenges now because it did some cool stuff with that because you build a big enough universe, then you got to deal with a big enough universe. Yeah. I mean, there's pros and cons to this sort of thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I like the fact that we're getting multiple ways to look at characters and, and, and they don't all have to be the same thing. And I think I find I find that interesting. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, we're we're talking about stuff that hasn't come out yet, right? Right. Though I am I am looking forward to Blue Beetle. I found I, that trailer to be fun. Yeah, uh, it's got potential. It's got potential. Mm -hmm. I, I, I I'm still I was amused. I'm still the cynic in the room. I still am gonna sit there oh. and go. Eh, it's a, well, it's a trailer. I mean, we know that it's trailer. Tra trailers have been known to to fib in the past, and um. Lie. The word is lie. Yes. Um, but I, based on the trailer, I'm like, if this is the movie, should be. Okay. I will likely be entertained. Yeah. Not to mention, I appreciated the fact that we get earlier Blue Beetles. It's a blink. If you if you if you've not gone, if you've not been to one of those sites or, or articles that breaks down the photos, 
the breaks down the still images. Yeah. There's there's a great shot where you get to see two generations of blue beetles prior to Jamie. So I'm like, what what are you gonna do here? I, 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 well, I, and and not only that, but we get to see the bug. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was just like, all right, if you if you can if this is if this is what the movie is going to be like, you you may have sold me, and it yeah. looks like you know because it looks like it could be fun. Yep, and we need more of that. All right, that's it for us tonight, folks. Happy birthday, Superman! Here's to another eighty-five years of hope and good stories. And um, since OBS is freezing up on me, I'm not able to actually give you all of the different screens and the where not. But you guys know where you can find us, all the social media stuff and everything. We've got a Discord server. You can connect with us there. Continue the conversation. Leave us your comments. Uh, email h2o at sci-fi for me.com. And we'll be back to do this again next week. So what's going to happen here? I, I have to see what's going to happen because likely... What's going to end up happening? I'm going to have to just cludge uh, uh, the thing done. Uh, and so uh, it's it's not going to be pretty, folks. Uh, good night. <laughs> Thanks for watching. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.